This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Hanging in there, Josh. The season rolls on. Uh, the blank game week 29. I'm thrilled that it's behind us. I think <laughs> I think what's good is a lot of managers actually came out with some really good scores. And some players uh, that were predicted to do well in 29 absolutely did do well. So it was yeah. less of a disaster uh, as we thought. I mean, I think we were kind of thinking, well, maybe an average score this week is going to be, you know, in the mid thirties, but some people are coming out there with 60 pointers, 70 pointers, which is amazing for me personally. um, I have dreaded every moment of game week 29 and it's, (laughs) it's, I'm, I'm kind of my, my uh, progress this season has stalled out uh, in dramatic fashion. And we can talk all about, gareth bale later on in the podcast and how much <laughs> he's to blame i mean it's not yeah. he's, it's not that he's totally to blame to blame for my fantasy season but i think if we were to look at like covid19 certain like third world governments collapsing mm-hmm. i'm sure gareth bale is at fault with all of these things as well oh he's got his fame but he is maybe symptomatic of um you know, some of the bad luck that you've had with some punts this season, right? Some some players that you've taken a chance on with with lower ownership and, you know, maybe not working out as well. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's yeah. frustrating when you're a manager out there where you try to find some sort of distinct edge. Right. In the, uh, it, it, yeah. I feel like on average, you're going to get like 50% of those edge picks right and 50 of them wrong. And yeah. it's just turned out to be one of those seasons where uh, approximately 85 to 90% <laughs> are getting wrong. Yeah, which happens. You know, yeah. I mean, you, know, you play this, like the play FL long enough that that's definitely going to happen. Um, yeah, I sort of, um, I'm, I had a decent game week, actually. I'm on 61. I did take a minus four, so... Uh, but I got, I got, I was basically, it looks like, uh, you know, the FPL live tells you how far you are away from all these benchmarks. And I am, I'm literally one point away from the top 10 K and it was nice. a, a Matt target yellow card in the 92nd minute that, uh, it, got, it was actually crazy yellow cards at the end Cresswell yellow card, Antonio yellow card, um, and, uh, Matt target yellow card all happening, like in the final minutes, uh, of, uh, of the matches. It was kind of, uh, the Antonio one was a real double whammy cause it, he got a yellow card and then I think Cresswell got a yellow took a card for like protesting the Antonio mm-hmm. yellow. And so you're mm-hmm. like, guys, like, come on. Like it was, it was like a, what, <laughs> right within like minutes of each other. Yeah. Right. Moments. Don't you realize and, one yeah. point is on the line. We should get, uh, you remember pop punk band yellow card. We should get them to come on and play <laughs> the theme song for the next always cheating podcast. in honor yeah, of this. Game I actually, week. I don't. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, it's for the was, best. So what was interesting though is yeah I I have to admit I I sort of got it I mean yeah my you know and really it was it was Lingard uh, that made the biggest difference and and going for Veltman over Dunk which I only did just because it seemed more fun I mean I just felt like I was basically taking a one week punt on a Brighton defender and 
Um, just like, it just seemed more fun to go with the lower ownership player. It wasn't like I had some great, I, I did think that, the, you know, there was a chance that Veltman was going to play as a wing back, uh, depending on whether Dan Byrne started or not. Dan Byrne didn't start in the end. So he did play as a center back. So I actually felt very lucky to get an assist. Uh, but that was, that was a rationale. And so I got 10 from him and then 12 from Lingard. And then, um, yeah, I was a little, you know, when, when, um, the two players I was really worried about this week were Bamford and Bale. And uh, Bamford went off on Friday and for 11, and I was like a little worried. Like, I was like, oh man, like this, this could end up like kind of blowing up this week. Um, but then, uh, then Antonio kind of got close with two assists. So uh, I kind of neutralized it a little bit. And then, um, yeah, and then the Kane goal, which is like, whatever, like you knew he was going to find a way to get something out of that match. So life finds a yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. The one premium who's still, who's still <laughs> delivering this season. So, um, yeah, so just outside the top 10 K and, uh, yeah, and feeling good about, about fantasy. I'm actually, you know, I, I don't know about you. In fact, I, well, I do know about you, but I think both of us are, are, um, looking forward to next weekend being off. It's a nice time to reset a little bit and, um, and, and sort of get away from, I actually kind of started at this weekend. Um, I, I was telling mm-hmm. you earlier, I went to the natural history museum, uh, today and I was like, you know, I just need to like, the weather's nicer, mm-hmm. inter, you know, international break week. There's like, other stuff is, to do. There's other stuff to do. Exactly. And there's been a lot of football. It got, it got us through the winter. You know, yeah. we had something to watch, something to pay attention to, uh, during the winter, you know, we were pretty locked down here in New York. So, um, yeah, so it'd be nice to have a couple weeks away. And I think, um, once we get back, it'll be game week 30. I mean, we'll be, you know, officially in the final stretch of the final nine weeks of the season. Um, and so the theme of this week's pod is basically, it's like a way to kind of take stock and look forward at the same time. Um, and the theme is, uh, what do we know about this FPL season, right? So not, not what do we know about FPL, but just what do we know about this season so far? We're three quarters of the way in, um, and, and we know a lot and it's not all negative. Uh, <laughs> feels <do> we? like, <laughs> well, you'll, we'll see, we'll see as we go through the, uh, uh-huh. the things that we've, that we've learned or, or the things that we maybe, um, have learned not to do, you know, I think that's part of it as well. So, um, so that is the theme. We've got a bunch of, uh, listener submitted questions uh, that we're going to go through on this week's pod. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be a fun, uh, fun listen and, and a chance to take stock. And, you know, I don't really want to do a game week 30 preview pod right now. It just seems kind of silly. I mean, international breaks are about to happen and um, you know, it just like, who knows who's going to get injured. It seems like it always happens that like three players do. So, um, so that's, that's where we are. Um, and just, you, you know, often when we do this podcast, we do it on Sunday nights and there are matches on Monday uh, one or two. And so we haven't had a chance to do the Super League in a while. So we have an updated Super League through Game Week 29. So, Brandon, do you want to read off the top 10 in the Always Cheating Super League? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Big moves happening in the Super League, which is free to join. And you can do so just by going to alwayscheating.com and clicking that league tab. 20,000 plus managers strong. And uh, it's quite a competitive league. But starting in 10th place, we've got Anders Halstead and a two way tie for eighth between Darren Sparks and Vovo. Popoleshko, seventh place, we've got Hamza Hessian, sixth place, Victor Sandberg, and fifth, Zoltan Vago, who I believe is leading our Patreon league. And in fourth, yeah. it's Matt Carvel, third place, Daniel Marguerite. In second place, Finn Soli. And hanging on in first place, it is uh, Sean McCall's Lucas Levis Quavers with 2,041 points strong. So big showing from the Super League this week as we head into the international break. Yeah, and it's very interesting. I think that the top three managers in the OSG and Super League are all people who free hit in Game Week 29. And I was a little surprised by – in my head, I was thinking, well, a free hit's not just not going to pan out, you know. And uh, uh, in 29, there just aren't enough good teams. But uh, the scores that all the free hitters put out there, I mean, you know, just in the top of our Super League, 87, 82, 78, yeah. right? I mean, that's a mm-hmm. that's a mass. That's you know, 30 more points in the average, 40 more points in the average. Um, so it's tremendous. It's I mean, the things that you thought were going to come through that you would bet on going into 29, Brighton clean sheets, West Ham attacking returns. Uh, Leeds, there were a couple Leeds, of ba- Leeds bananas. Returns. I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, Leeds returns as well. Leeds returns for sure. I mean, Rafinha and Bamford, just water is wet. Grass is green. Uh, the, the only banana skins out there were the premium midfielders like Aubameyang or, or Garrett Bale. So, so long as you were able to swerve them, yeah, you're looking at these massive totals, like 87 points. Unreal. Well done. 
Brandon, before we get to the heart of the podcast, I just want to do a quick shout out to the Always Cheating Patreon Network. Uh, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, and it's a fun place to be in the national break. It's really a chance for people to talk about stuff that isn't fantasy. I was in the um, movie channel today talking about my feelings on uh, on the, uh, the, the Snyder Zack cut, huh? Snyder cut of Justice League. I watched all four hours of it. Um, and I have some thoughts. So maybe uh, maybe we'll share those uh, in the uh, Patreon bonus pod this week. It feels like oh, a good God, week to please, do, no. a, uh, <laughs> to do uh, some some non some non fantasy stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you support the podcast, though, you get an extra podcast each week. Uh, you get the week in review newsletter, courtesy of our friends at Mini League Mate, who also do FPL Game Week. And FPL Game Week is how we were actually able to do our uh, top ten uh, for the Patreon League because the yeah. site is a little a little slowsies. And uh, so FPL Game Week comes we go for that. This is all just free promo because I just we just really like their stuff. One hundred percent. Absolutely yep. love their stuff. It's like for any manager in any situation, it's just a handy site to yeah. have up during the game week. Totally. And it's, it's just so fun to watch your mini leagues, you know, like where you are in them and in real time. Um, and then at the highest tiers of Patreon, you can get our new uh, Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt, which I think uh, looks awesome. It was uh, yeah. helped yeah. Uh, our, our friend uh, Joaquim uh, helped us design that and looks yeah. like a summer camp shirt. I think it yeah. looks awesome. Yeah. Before we move on from the Patreon, Josh, I did want to give a shout out to our producer, Will Husby. I was talking to Will's dad, Jeff, actually on our locker room session last Friday. And Will is having a pretty decent fantasy season, but he's also a senior in high school. And the last year of your high school career you have had to do during a global pandemic, which is a total bummer. So, Will, we just want to uh, send you our love and thank you for supporting and listening to the pod. Uh, Here's to better times ahead. Yeah, good call, Brendan. I really feel, you know, anyone who's between like 15 and 20, this is just the absolute awful year. And I I feel really... Um, I have a lot of uh, sympathy for them. So uh, anyway, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll get back and we'll talk about things we think we know about this particular fantasy season. See you in a minute. All right, Brian, we're back. Today's topic is what we know about this FPL season. I've got a bunch of different uh, sort of um, statements, I guess you could say, from from our listeners, and I thought we could walk through all of them and, and give our own thoughts and see if we. Is agree this or... like Jeopardy, Josh, where we have to uh, what we're getting from our <laughs> listeners is the answer, and now we have to frame our response <laughs> in like the form that. of a question? Yeah, we yeah, we wouldn't <laughs> be able to keep up the conceit, but I like that as an idea. So we're gonna we're gonna run through these, and then we actually have a lightning round. The lightning round returns this week, Brandon. So uh-huh. stay tuned for that right. at the at the end. Uh, we're gonna we have three lightning round questions and maybe we'll start to phase that back in i, I kind of phased out a little bit because our pods were just getting too long uh we were doing hour and 40 minutes like just like <laughs> like without, without taking a breath um so anyway let's get into uh the topics let me know about this fpl season um first one and i thought this is an interesting comment from from pros and i hadn't quite thought about it this way before he says um one of the reasons for the high variance this year is the sheer number of options who are sub seven million in midfield um, and attack that on their game week are matching all of the premium performers. There's no real magic bean that we all have, like Lundstrom or Cantwell or Aaron Wambasaka prior years. So it means that we're just seeing a ton of variance um, kind of week in and week out. What do you think about that? Well, shout out to Joe Lepper for uh, the magic bean theory that he coined uh, years ago. Um, hey, Joe, what do I think about this? Now, high variance, I think, means week to week, there's just uh, uh, swings and scores where you might be somewhere in the bottom of the pack where your your friend and then uh, across the, the mini league table has the higher score. And it's just because there is a, a huge player pool. And the thing that has been tricky this season, I think, for a lot of managers is keeping up with the trends in that mid-range of midfielders. And yeah. Jesse Lingard is kind of emblematic of that, where uh, he he kind of came out of nowhere after the January transfer window. He was persona non grata with a lot of fantasy managers just because, you know, he he's done nothing over the years except for like one one yeah. and a half month window a few seasons ago for United. Yeah. Um, moments. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I, I look at your team, Josh, and I feel you've, you've carved out a really good season because you've, you've been on the right side of a lot of those calls in that mid range uh, price bracket. 
and that's helped. And uh, so, so I've got, I've got time for that theory. And I guess the bigger question is if we think that this season is defined by the, uh, the wide variety of sub premium options, is this going to maybe become the norm or is this an outlier of a season and next season we'll be back to all of the premiums performing again. And I would, point you toward a team like Chelsea where Chelsea probably were the team coming into the start of this season where we thought okay here here be uh, promising premium FPL assets and none of them have really come to pass I think next season that's a whole new ball game especially with that Chelsea team so uh, a lot of our budget might again get eaten up by nine million plus players yeah it's interesting Uh, so Werner actually is over 100 points in the season now which I I wouldn't have guessed he has uh five five goals and eight assists in the season doesn't it that even that feel a little high to you like I'm actually surprised he has that many (laughs) um yeah I I think that's right and I think you know honestly there have been some some magic beans I mean which which are the Leeds United players and I think what's been interesting about the season is that 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 hasn't been enough because you know almost none of the premiums have, have you know delivered in any kind of consistent fashion i mean um you know the thing about like someone like Salas, he's actually had a good season when you look at the numbers but it's really clustered you know where he has like he's had a handful of really good matches you know like a handful of like Mm-hmm. two, three goal matches where he's racking up like 18 to 20 points. But yeah, I fell off for Salah in December. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne has been super inconsistent this season. Raheem Sterling stopped delivering. Sadio Mane hasn't delivered. Uh, Harry Kane has been great, but he also was injured for eight weeks or something like that. It felt like, you know, pretty long yeah. time. Uh, Son has been pretty inconsistent. He was great at the start of the season. Um, I, you know, I read this article a while ago. I can't remember if I mentioned this podcast before, but you know, just this idea that, you know, the, the kind of high pressing, the, the kind of, you know, Liverpool sort of being the, the leaders of this, this, you know, high pressing style, uh, everyone s- tried to keep doing it at the start of the season and it just wasn't working because there were just so many matches and they, there wasn't enough time to practice with your team and enough time to get drilled. So you had these crazy score lines early on where, you know, Liverpool would lose, you know, 7-2 to Aston Villa or, mm-hmm. you know, Spurs would go to Man United and win 5-1 or whatever. It was just kind of, you know, fluky score lines. And Southampton Spurs was one that yeah. definitely comes to mind. Southampton Spurs as well. And so, you know, and so it, it kind of gave, like it gave all these premiums a chance to rack up some huge numbers. And then, um, you know, but then all these teams figured out, okay, we just can't do this. We just have to sit back more. And, you know, Pep was the first one to do this where we were kind of like, okay, so just, you know, are Man City kind of bad this year? And it turned out... No, they, he was just like the smart one who who figured this out really early. Yeah. And so they started winning these one nil matches. And then suddenly you're like, wait, oh, so they're just going to win every match the rest of the season. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they, I think they've opened up a little bit since then. But, um, you know, I, every team eventually got there. And so you're in this point where now things are a little more settled. I mean, sure, you're still going to have three one score lines and things like that. But you're not seeing those crazy um those crazy matches early on. And I think that's maybe uh, flattened everything out a little bit. Um, since then, it felt like early on in the season, you could get somebody and captain them and maybe get a 19-point return. And I don't feel like you're seeing that um, as much at this point in the season. Yeah, you're really not. And I think that, that that leads us into the next point on strategy of what we know this season from Lazarus, who says, maybe it's time to give up on some old faithful template squad regulars. I dropped Sala last week, God help me, and take a closer look at recent form and fixtures for the run-in. So yeah, Salah, I think, is public enemy number one as far as the premiums are concerned. But I, I, I that might be a little bit of the sky is falling where we've been talking about Kane. And apart from the the blip during the season where Kane was out injured, he has been one of the most consistent, captainable players, as uh, is Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. So... That's true. Bruno's I think been a premium who's delivered. I, I will give him. Yeah, right, right. And I, I, so I think this season is less the premiums have failed, except for some specific examples. You know, we're talking about Chelsea and Aubameyang. But the story is, is less that they failed and more that the mid-priced assets have stepped up. So with that in mind, I think, it, uh, you know, just based on what Lazarus is saying, uh, it's time to take a closer look at recent form and fixtures looking at the fixtures for the run in who are the teams that that jump out at you i mean it's it's funny because when uh you look at 
the run in starting uh, in game week 30, Liverpool actually have the best fixture run in. Uh, <laughs> and they finished the season with Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. So, Great. you know, we well, Lazarus lose, lose one nil to all, all of those teams. Uh, all Somehow they're all going to be at home and they're going to lose all of them one nil. <laughs> they very well might, but just brace yourself, Josh, for the, the never ending cycle of questions about, uh, you know, are we too harsh to get rid of Salah? Um, yeah. Does Salah have anything left to give, given how good these fixtures are, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But um, West Ham uh, also have one of the better run-ins. So, yeah. I mean, based on based on the last month of performances, Jesse Lingard easily slots in for half the price into that Mo Salah slot. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Lingard just – it's funny because he like um, – I was like kind of surprised by how good he was in this match. It was like, he's kind of, uh, it's like remarkable. He's like Jack Grealish out there. You know I mean? I know he's not like on every free kick or whatever, but he is like, he like unlocks the whole team. It's, it's just incredible how, you know, involved he is. Um, and he'll, he'll come back and, and win a ball too. It's, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I clearly, it just wasn't the right fit at Man United and, and that just, you know, I mean, who knows? Like maybe he won't be able to sustain it, but it doesn't feel like, this is just some fluky thing. It's not like a Ross Barkley type thing. You know, like like Ross Barkley is the kind of player, you know, he's got like a very specific kind of game and we'll have like a four week stretch of time where like every long range shot goes in, you know, yeah. and he just looks like he's legit, but we kind of know, we know the Barkley drill, but I, I don't, I'm not feeling that way with Lingard. It just feels like he's, like just good. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It may be, I think it's helped by the fact that West Ham are actually good this season and they're good. They, they, I mean, maybe it's, it's not a coincidence that their form actually did level up a bit when Lingard came into the starting 11. However, I, I think Lingard has every opportunity to keep this form going for the rest of the season. Let's talk again for game week one of next season and whether we're all ready <laughs> yeah. to put our money where our mouth is. Cause yeah. I don't think we will be. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, the, the Liverpool thing is interesting. I mean, I, you know, we'll see, I mean, let's see how, how the champions league goes too. you know, like they, they may just put all their eggs in that basket. Um, and, and that's, and the league doesn't, take as much press. I mean, what, I mean, it kind of depends. Like they're actually just close enough to a champions league spot that they probably have to go full bore on both fronts. I, I think I heard that one of, I think it's like Joel Montip or somebody is like, is it Montip? He broke his legs. Probably not him. I feel like one of their center backs (laughs) is like, uh, is maybe Uh going to be able to play, uh, sometime soon, which would, which would alleviate things a little bit. And you could play Fabinho and, and Jordan Henderson in central midfield. I know, I know like everybody's injured right now. So it's like impossible to talk about this team. And I mean, Henderson, is he out like just indefinitely? Yeah. He's got a groin injury, unknown return date. So we'll see, you know, we'll see about Liverpool in a couple of weeks. I'm not, I'm not ready to, to even talk about them yet. I, yeah. <laughs> right, right, time. right. The, the teams that will have to fall off will be Leicester who are a full 10 points ahead of them and Chelsea yeah. who look like they might not drop a, yeah, more than two points in any given match for the rest of the season. And, and Chelsea are, um, they're uh, five points ahead of Liverpool. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be very tough. But yeah, I, I think generally this is, this is a good way of viewing the run-in and what we do know from this season is form and fixtures have, have really been um, a godsend to fantasy managers and, Bale, God, I keep coming back to him. Let's 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 save that conversation for later. Anything <laughs> yeah. left to say on Lazarus's point? Uh, no, just that um, I, I think that we really should be um, really. I think that there is a kind of feeling that we have, that we often have when a player emerges. Um, you know, where it's like, well, you know, let's give them time. Let's 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 see if they're for real. And um, I think because the premiums are are, are really not worth it right now, or like many of them are not. And, and I think it really is true. I mean, you know, Bamiyang, but like, you know, many of the premiums at Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, I mean, that, that's like, that covers most of the premiums, right? Um, you know, it's, it, it really is time to, to just kind of try, try a few more punts on some of these, uh, some of these cheaper players. Uh, Ineacho is another one who stands out. I mean, you talk about Leicester. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I heard some people were like, oh, is he going to keep, keep his spot when, uh, 
you know, when, when Madison and Barnes are back and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, if he's going to score like a brace in every match, then he's probably going to keep his spot. You know, he looks incredible right now. I mean, you know, he's in the form of his life. So, uh, but he's the, he's exactly that kind of player in that Lingard mode where you're just like, well, you know, like he's never really consistently done it. So I'm kind of, I, I prefer to avoid him, but maybe this season you don't, you know, <laughs> like you just kind of go for that player early uh, and hope it works out. And if it doesn't, you're not necessarily dropping anybody who's going to make you regret it anyway. Um, yeah. it gets to the next point from Hancho Philly says picking anti anti template captains is the way to go this season. Uh, it seems like every major captain pick has blanked in recent memory. Now I think he did post this before Kane blanked, although seven almost feels like a blank considering all the other, um, kind of trendier B C D E F, uh-huh. you know, uh, captain picks that were available this week. And it does feel like that's been happening a lot where like the absolute top, Captain pick is the one who is, is, is the one who's scored least, you know, has scored less than the other few, you know, who are kind of contenders. I've done no research ahead of this podcast, but I guarantee you, if you go back and look at the numbers, more than 50% of the time, the favorite captain pick is the one that outscores everyone. I mean, Gundogan always pulled it out when he was the captain favorite. Um, Similarly for Bruno and Kane, and certainly for Salah at earlier points in the season, I think that this is sort of a mental block where, of course, you're always going to remember the captain blanks. You're never going to remember the time where it was a slam dunk to Captain Bruno and he came through. That's just like cash in the points and you move on with your life. But when you... Captain Kane in the North London Derby, and he doesn't even come close, uh, you know, uh, throughout much of the match. That's what that's the one that sticks with you. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this one, but it does go in the theme of the season of making fantasy fun. And I think that managers that are having fun and have yeah. recently risen in the last month have seized on that opportunity to yeah. to take a punt on a captaincy pick. Yeah, I wouldn't have to agree with all these. I mean, I, I didn't only post things I agreed with. I mean, I just thought some of this stuff was uh, was was worth thinking about. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the, the the surest indication that this is a interesting theory, but one I don't plan to adopt, is that in Game Week 30, I am almost certainly captaining Harry Kane when they play Newcastle, right? Sure. <laughs> like, that, that is certainly going to happen. And will Harry Kane be the most captain player? Uh, almost certainly. Uh, and I will still be plenty of the captain in for that match. So, um, you know, yeah. And, uh, if anything, I'll be, I'll be bringing in even more of those trendy picks like, like sun for, uh, for game week 30. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next question. Uh, it's from FPL big Mac. And he says, uh, can we all stop pretending that XG is a relevant metric for FPL? We might be the wrong people to ask this question. Yeah, we don't really talk a lot about XG on here. And stats are stats. And the problem with stats will always be that you can manipulate stats to tell the story that you want to tell. I think that XG is very illustrative, often in hindsight. Like XG is good right. to sort of get a baseline of what was the uh, what was that version of the story of the match that we just watched. Right. And what's weird is uh, I think Crystal Palace have been – in some of these matches this season where their XG is effectively zero and somehow they still win the yeah. match when the opposing team has, you know, upwards of one to two XG. Yeah. So I'm kind of like making many different points there, but I think this has been a great season to where if you just don't want to pay attention to those stats, you certainly haven't had to. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe what we've learned this season is it's okay to not be a stats based manager and hopefully coming out of the season, you can remove some of that stigma of, oh, you're just sort of some sort of a plebeian who uh, governs their fantasy team with their gut and their heart. And therefore, um, you're sort of doing it the wrong way or in a less sophisticated way. I hope yeah. that it's being proven that that's not true. Yeah, well, it's clearly not true, right? I mean, you just all you have to do is look back. I mean, it, well, it's just it's a mix, right? I mean, it's, it's not that it's like the other way is better, you know, like the not, not paying attention to anything is like the way to go. It's just that either way works, right? I mean, the guy who won the league last year is like a, is he like an Oxford mass professor or something like that? Right. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. uh, Josh, Josh 
Bull, Josh Bell. Josh like Bull, him. yeah, he's yeah, a he's yeah. a beautiful mind sort of a guy for sure. <laughs> a very very nice guy. I think he actually listens to the podcast, so I will. Uh, um, oh yeah, we'll, beautiful we'll, mind is like, hey, <laughs> listen, they make movies about that guy in beautiful yeah. mind. You're not saying he's schizophrenic, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All the good parts. You, know. <laughs> you were you were married to Jennifer Connelly at some point, Joshua. So yeah. that's great. But there are some people who win the league who are like, yeah, my whole strategy this season is that I just never want to have a Liverpool player because I'm a you know Man United fan or an Everton fan or whatever and I just don't want to do it and and so yeah I think it, it's 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 like a poker tournament you know I mean there there's a lot of different ways uh to to play different kinds of strategies that that work and um I think that having a having a strategy I think is useful uh whether you know some kind of strategy um because it does give you something to fall back on a little bit like if you just don't know what to do in a particular game week um you know, but I think, yeah, I mean, again, X, X, and XG is only valuable in aggregate anyway, right? Like knowing what a player's XG was in a particular match is, is not super relevant. But I, I don't really look at it either. And I, I also just feel like I don't trust myself to look at it the right way. And I feel like if I if I looked at it, I would use it to, I would use it incorrectly to justify an opinion I already had. And that, exactly. And that I would yeah. not find a new opinion. So, all right, let's move on. we got a couple MFFA, Make Fantasy Fun Again, uh, statements here, Brandon. These three are all... Tell me if you can find a, th- a theme in these three. Okay. Okay. Hit me. Out. All right. Yeah. FPL Tornado says, I've learned that for me, watching fewer matches has helped me better manage the emotions of FPL. It's often more important to manage yourself than it is to manage your team, both for your health, but also for your rank. FPL Blue says, the few times several games have been played at once have been the most fun of the season. And AJ says, if this game week has taught me anything, it's that four is the perfect number of matches per weekend to maintain a healthy and well-balanced lifestyle. (laughs) Okay, so the common thread here is that most fantasy managers actually dislike the game of football and would like to watch (laughs) less of it. (laughs) I mean, I I, I get it. I totally get it. And we've talked about this a number of times on the pod this season about how the games being spread out for broadcast reasons have – made obsessive fantasy managers like all of us compulsive about watching too many of them and the burnout becomes very real and burnout whether it's uh in your work life or your school life or any aspect of your life where you're just heavily concentrated on one task yeah it's not healthy so i i totally agree with the sentiment here and it will you know it will be good for us to get back to a so you, you can talk about uh, burnout and it being good to get back to, you know, sort of reg- regular scheduled program programming. But at the same time, we often talk about how it's less um, the burnout and it's more actually missing the fun of having three to four different fixtures happening at the yeah. same time, which can sort of spread out your risk and spread out uh, your enjoyment or even yeah. like multiply your yeah. fantasy results during one, two hour window. And that, yeah. that to me, I think is what you and I miss the most. Yeah. It's just, it's just fun. Right. I mean, it's just fun to have four games on at once and you, and you like, it's like, you can't even keep up, you know, and then right. that's, and like, you don't go into a bar, you know, um, you know, going to, you know, the, our bar Saturday mornings, the black horse, right. Where it's mm-hmm. sort of like, you got one person watching one screen. They're like, Oh, so-and-so just scored. And like, it's like you're, you whiplash. Like, yeah. So that is, that is, um, yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally with all these folks. I, you know, it's not really any, we talked about it a little bit last week's pot. So I don't want to, I don't want to, um, and there's not really an FPL lesson or takeaway here other than maybe what FPL tornado said, which is that, uh, if you are not watching as many matches, then you are probably having more fun. And if you're having more fun, you probably will be better at fantasy. I think, I do think I play better. Like I'm just, I manage better and make better decisions when I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Like it makes me a little more kind of open to other possibilities or I don't just, you know, just check out completely for five days because I'm just kind of burned out. Um, So I think that maybe that is, there is a strategy there to cut it down. I mean, you know, uh, our French FPL general does the match of the day challenge a lot. I know where he doesn't watch any matches during the day and then watches match of the day in the evening. I think that's easier when you have more than four matches in a day, but, but still, you know, I mean, cause you know, you really, it's, it's only like what 40% of the, of the Was day, match still, of the day you know? this Saturday, yeah. just, um, just them replaying just, the Brighton Newcastle match. match. That's true. Do they even do it when there's just one? I, they, yeah. Maybe or they, if it's or the, all FA Cup, Cup highlights, yeah, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. So, but I, I do think that uh, there's something to be said for just um, for cutting back. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I think. Any, I mean, anything else you want to add here? 
make it scalable. Uh, make it make it totally scalable the next the next comment on making fantasy fun things that we've learned this season tony d has a case he wants to make for being bold tony says boldness feels good when it pays off pope and trossard captaincy punts for me are two recent personal examples and tony uh if i was wearing a hat i would doff it to you because uh, that was those are excellent excellent bold captaincy picks trossard in game week 29 that is a, um, I mean, as as I said earlier, I thought, I think a lot of us sort of understood that the Brighton-Newcastle result was probably the easiest of Game Week 29 to predict. However, to predict that Trossard was actually not going to Trossard this week took yeah. a certain certain amount of guts. Yeah. And that's incredible. So boldness is uh, is something that I think I could have definitely leaned on a bit more this season and, and and a lesson that I think for some managers is the hardest to learn. Yeah, it, it's true. There's something about, it's always so easy in hindsight, right? But then, you know, Friday night or whatever, when you go to make that lock in that team, right. And you're like, well, fear, there's yeah, so much fear, fear yeah, prevalent. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, because yeah. you know, you know, that feeling the described as FOMO fear of missing out described yeah. as regret that you yeah. know you'll have. And it, the terror is if it doesn't work out, you're going to be buried because the high <laughs> yeah. percentage captaincy will, yeah. will do that to you if they come yeah. through. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of fear that goes into preventing yeah. people from making those bold picks. Although it is true that like, it's, it's usually like the, the impact is not as bad as you think. I mean, talk about fear. Like when Bamford got 11 on Friday, I think is ownership like around my, overall rank was like 80%, right? So like eight out of four of every five managers were, uh, were getting, you know, a double digit haul. Um, and you know, and so it, like, it feels like it's gonna be terrible, but it's just, it, you know, it's just, it's just one player, one game, you know, and, uh, it didn't even, you know, ultimately I still finished on a green arrow this week. Right. And so it's like, you know, that same thing with the captaincy where you're just sort of, you do, you, you are fearful, but like, honestly, even if it like, even if it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to hurt you that much typically. Yeah, so that's that's making fantasy fun again. I think that the, it's it's powerful that this theme has has taken off, has taken root with always cheating on our listeners this season. We're going to have to move on to a to a different theme next season, but I hope that keeping things fun for you personally, whatever that means, however you do it, is something that continues for for seasons to come. Uh, a few more questions here or statements, whatever we want to call them, about players and teams at the three-quarters mark. Uh, Red Dagger, one of our longtime Patreon supporters, says, should we just go full differential at this point? <laughs> I don't think either of us could ever do that. But uh, I think it's already been a theme in this podcast that we need to be opening up a little bit. I don't know if we need to reiterate uh, that point yeah. again. So I'm going to move yeah. to the, the next well, one. I, 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 I think what could be said about that is this will always be said, you know, why do I even have like regular picks? And, you know, that's fun right. to say, uh, right. but that's never going to be a, a reality in which you live. No, you never go full Maverick. You know? Right, you right, never, right. You never much like Eric Freeman says in a recurring theme in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. Next statement is from Wilhelm Henderson. He says, never buy has-beens like bail. All right, Brian, here's your chance. Talk about bail for a second. Well, uh, what do I have to say about bail? It, 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 it's definitely been the worst, um, single transfer that I've made this season. Uh, I mean, I made a lot of really poor decisions on my early season wild card, but bail is definitely, the the thing that stings about him is that he was appropriately identified as a charlatan, as a piss taker earlier in the season, and a couple of good performances in weeks in which I personally was, uh, you know, vulnerable in how I was feeling about my squad. Yeah, and I bit, I bit on it, and the lesson here I think is less about has beens, um, and it's more about, um trusting trusting the information that you have at hand and that's why when you brought up Ianacho yeah. earlier in the podcast Josh I was like no no you cannot convince me at this stage anyway the Ianacho would be worth that transfer because we know too much about him that would suggest otherwise now do you want to be the manager uh 
three or four weeks farther down the line where you still haven't – this is where a lot of right. people were with either Aaron Ramsey or Yaya Torre yeah. five or six seasons ago yeah. where you thought there's no way they can keep this up. Right. Um, and by and large, that logic is often right. But yeah, um, I think the thing that I found this season is a lot of the – a lot of punts you end up taking somehow you end up stuck with these players for an abnormally long period <laughs> right. of time. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I just, I'm afraid of those particular assets that, uh, are punts that are then tricky to get out. Bale is yeah. because his price point is in, you know, the mid 9.0 range. You're usually, you're usually, you usually need to replace him or want to for the function of your team, replace him with a premium caliber asset and you've like mortgaged elsewhere and you can't like do a like for like um, somebody like Bale. So then uh, luckily you have an asset like Jesse Lingard who going into game week 30 would be an easy replacement, but I think you know what I mean? So there is danger there with Bale where there may not be with Iannaccio. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost fun to think of like a list of the uh players that you like just should never like that like like you should know better players. It's like Bale, uh Mesut Ozil, I think Roberto Firmino maybe falls into that, right? Where it's like yeah. every now and then I'll get this like moment where I'm like, you know, maybe Firmino, maybe it's time, you know? Like, James Ward Prowse. James Ward Prowse. I mean, you could almost go like team by team. In Man City, I I, I there's probably somebody on there. I mean, I guess uh, Gabriel Jay- Mares, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. Um, any of those players are falling into that category. Where, like I, I really should know better. Like I know, <laughs> you know, a yeah. right. I mean this week, right. You 100%. know, yeah, there's, there's uh-huh. so many, uh, who fit into that category. And, and th- those ones, when you, when you bite, like you were saying with bail, when you bite and then they don't do anything and you're like, yeah, I know, like I knew that before I did it, you know, um, and those are the ones that sting the most. I mean, we've all, we all do a few of those a season. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah definitely. Okay. The next statement comes from FPL notebook who says, Ollie Watkins is the most infuriating striker I've ever owned in my 10 years of playing FPL owned him every week since game week nine wild card, except for boxing day when he got three assists. So Watkins uh definitely divides opinion and i think he he's a particularly yeah. interesting discussion where fantasy is concerned because i think everyone would generally agree in real life watkins has impressed sure. this season double I mean, digit goals right and and it, when dean smith signs a striker like that to start every match that is probably the ideal starting point if you're if you're just betting in a younger striker and like the guy looks like one of the most fit uh yeah. strikers in the league and he'll be yeah. great for Villa in seasons to come where FPL is concerned often what you only see are missed chances uh, and and detriments to your fantasy squad often yeah. it's less him to blame well i mean missed chances are are are, are his own fault but that team has struggled to create while Grealish has been injured. But, you know, you're a little harder on Watkins than I am, Josh. I mean, I'm not hard on him in like in the sense that I like uh, think he's bad or whatever. Um, I'm hard on him because I, I am kind of done with him as an FPL asset. I feel like he's he's just not worth it. Um, you know, just when there's, when there's so many options and players to toggle to, you know, like, uh, Indianacho, I don't have Banford at the moment. Right. I mean, you know, like there, Antonio, um, there are just a number of players at his price point who I, I just think are a little more explosive, um, and a little more, um, reliable, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting because he has played, I don't know if you knew this, maybe you did. Cause it's just so obvious because he never gets injured, but he's played 90 minutes of every single Villa match so far this season. He's not missed a single minute of any match. Yeah, it's really remarkable. it's really odd for somebody who is asked to do as much as he is. Yes, yeah, first year in the Premier League, right? It's mm-hmm. crazy. Like you'd never see a player play. Yeah. I mean, I know they have like a striker situation with a bunch of injuries, but still, you would have thought at some point they would have played uh, somebody else. So, I mean, I, I just think that uh, especially I mean, if Grealish is out any longer, if, if Grealish is definitely out for Game Week Thirty, then my move is just absolutely Watkins to Bamford for Game Week Thirty. That's just a, a simple move uh, right. that right. I would. You know, I think it just makes a lot of sense. From what uh, we were told yeah. at this point, though, the quote from Dean Smith is there was definitely a chance Grealish would be back for game week 29. I wouldn't have said it if there isn't. He is pain free and running now. He'll definitely be back after the break. 
course, you always have to believe it when you see it. Sure. But yeah. all signs point to Grealish being back fit after the international he, break. He seemed happier on the sidelines. He had some like like total, you know, chav outfit on or whatever. But he seemed like uh-huh. he was like he was. What, like, what, really, what else did you expect? <laughs> he was really grumpy the last time, like like a couple matches ago when they showed him. And this time he was like just on his cell phone the whole time, just like laughing and you know, mm-hmm. half watch of the match. And so I was like, okay, that must mean he's like oh, getting closer to maybe he had better cell service this time around. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe last time he's annoyed that he, he had to actually watch for a while. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, if Grealish is back, it does make Watkins a little bit better. I mean, he gets into good positions, uh, but I mean, I don't know. Like I, I tweeted something earlier today where it was like um, the cross, like, you know, the cross just misses Watkins or whatever. And it's like, like the phrase you hear most often in a villain match is that a cross was sent in that just narrowly avoided averted Watkins. Right. Uh-huh. Like he, you know, it's just like, it's there's something about like, he's not quite in sync with, uh, with everyone who isn't Jack Grealish. I mean, he and Matt target have a nice uh, connection at times, but it's just, right. you know, you got Trezeke out there today, just like every time he gets the ball is shooting and, missing and it's just like you know El Ghazi is kind of the same it's like the, the team doesn't really work without Grealish and I think that includes Alec Watkins <laughs> it all comes back to Ross Barkley Josh and how poisonous he <laughs> yeah, is yeah they're all it's they're all like B players but then when you add a, a you know an A in Grealish it kind of lifts the whole team I think mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right final statement uh before we take a break into our lightning round is from CG who says Chelsea can defend bold Boy, howdy. simple yeah yeah they they can and <laughs> you look at chelsea's upcoming run uh two home fixtures with west brom and brighton and in between that is crystal palace there's a reason why going into 29 i sold ederson oh and kept mendy yeah whether it's mendy whether it's rudiger whether it's aspilicueta you're gonna want a piece of that chelsea defense yeah. For the run in for sure. Now, interesting. Um, now it's just like a great run for Chelsea defensively yeah. for the next nine game weeks. So, yeah, I agree with this. Yeah, it's yeah, and they play West Brom at home in gaming 30. Yeesh, like I think there's an argument to be made for wild card in a gaming 30. I know everyone's sort of talking about 31, but I, I think the gaming 30 wild card, there's an argument for it, uh, and for sort of resetting things, um, right now. So I think we'll talk about that more next week because I don't, don't want to get too much into gaming strategy here. But, you know, having no Chelsea defenders for that match. Does just transfer like... one in. Well, yeah, but the problem is I just have other like issues that I want to solve. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All of as well. I don't have Sun for Game Week 30. They play Newcastle. I don't have. I don't know uh, if you've heard, but Sun is injured. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be back for the national break or after yeah. the national break. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have Bamford either. And so, um, you know, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, especially Rudiger, who is avail- still available for 4.6 million. I mean, he, he missed, you know, only one match so far. He started uh, yeah. every other match since Game Week 19. So, you know, definitely a contender. Yeah, well, uh, Chelsea is definitely going to be a team that we continue to talk about. And it's sort of like what I was alluding to. I am just kind of want to keep Chelsea, like the whole wrap them in cotton wool, because I think they're going to be such a fun fantasy team next season. And it's great kind of that they're focusing on and and solidifying their defense right now. Um, and then we can kind of know all of that going into next season and then figure out exactly how the attack is going to work and figure out who the best fantasy yeah. uh, asset in the attack is for Chelsea. Yeah. I think that's really um, TBD still. I mean, it looks like Ziyech maybe finally 
maybe it'll be him. I mean, you know, who knows? Like, it does feel like it's completely wide open, though, as you know, as you're saying with Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll get back, and we've got three lightning round questions for you this week. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash cheating. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash cheating. Lightning round. First question is from Mikey Yu, who says, I'm really feeling out of form as an FPL manager. It feels like I'm missing everything. Any idea how to snap out of it? What do you think, Brennan? Uh, you, you just kind of, uh, accept it. What's, what's the thing, the credo that you learn in, uh, it's the serenity prayer, right? Where it says, right. God grant me the strength to <laughs> accept the things that I cannot change and the courage uh-huh. to change the things uh, that I can. And mm-hmm. I guess that's my advice to Mikey here is some things you can change and some things you can't. And certainly f- your strategy as a fantasy manager, you, you can change, but yeah, the way the ball bounces is, is off, is always out of your control. And uh, it just may be one of those seasons. And I think if you play fantasy long enough, you're going to have seasons that you're not proud of. And the beauty is that you can come back the next season and play it all over again. And if yeah. you're if you're seasoned and if you if you learn from certain mistakes or certain bad rubs of the green, you'll get better and you'll odds are have a better season. So you just kind of have to have the have the mental strength to just hang on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean because I feel like that's kind of how you're feeling right now, right? You're sort of like it's not it's not you're playing out the string, but you're kind of like you're not like if you're feeling a little like frustrated, right. And it's sort of like, yeah, it's just like, hang on, right. Like hang on through the rest of the season. 100%. It is. And that, that's a terrible feeling when you, what you really want to do, you play fantasy because you enjoy football and it really enhances you watching the football. And when you're having a bad fantasy season, you're like, what is going on now? I even can't stand watching these stupid games (laughs) what is the point of anything yeah um and that that really is sad yeah that's that's when you've got to reset i actually think the the advice that we talked about earlier about about the matches is the advice i would give any fantasy manager was just just like like totally cut back on your consumption you know just like don't don't go on websites. I mean, obviously go to our, our Slack. That's, that's a, that's a beautiful thing that will make everybody happy. But, but that aside, Brandon, you know, but don't, don't go on Twitter. Don't uh, watch as many matches, like just pull back, you know, that is absolutely the best way to recover your form. Well, I think, yeah, I think the simplest thing is there, there is the noise around fantasy and around watching the matches. If you cut back on anything and if you cut anything out, First and foremost, cut out social media, cut out those ancillary discussions. The last thing you should cut out is, is watching the football because one, 
case you could make is you've just lost touch with what you really enjoy about the game. So yeah. that's also something to consider. Yeah, I sure. But I mean, like on those Saturdays when there's four matches spread across, you know, 10 hours or whatever, maybe you just watch like one of them or two of them and you don't watch all four because I think the the days when I'm feeling really like miserable is when I watched, I'm like, okay, I just watched West Brom play Sheffield for two hours. Like, why did I do that? You know? And so I think that, uh, sometimes that, that makes me feel a lot of form too. when I'm, when I'm just consuming too much. It's funny how this, I don't know why this season feels like we're doing a lot of this psychological stuff. This isn't really our lane in general, but it feels like that's where a lot of the questions are. So, uh, maybe it's just such a weird year for everybody. And, oh yeah. People and, are in a know. weird mental space just because yeah. of, you know, the world is kind of really, really messed up. So yeah. But yeah. next lightning round question here, let's move, let's move away from that. We don't want to dwell too much in, in, <laughs> in, in the, the yeah. gloom, uh, uh, at this point in the episode shiv has a lightning round question asking have either of you ever been ever hated a player that plays for your favorite team who is it and do you hate them as much as i hate fred so i think you can guess which team shiv supports so yeah. if you if you look at arsenal through the years josh who's who's <laughs> the one single player that jumps out to you is, is terrible yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, well, not necessarily terrible. Uh, I mean, Fred is a good player, right? Uh, but I mean, yeah, for, uh, I think for me, it's uh, it's it's Mesut Ozil, uh, who just, uh, you know, had one or two good seasons and got a gigantic contract. And yeah. he, he was just never my favorite kind of player. You know, I just don't really like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, what, what I mean, what he had like 20 assists in a season. So, like, I mean, I, I don't want to say that, like, he was, you know, but I just never warmed to him. I don't really know why. I just never, he was never like a guy that I was like rooting for or that, you know, it's like, I could appreciate him like the way you can appreciate like a, you know, a piece of abstract art or something where you're like, well, it's not for <laughs> me, you know, but like, I know some people like this kind of thing, you know? And so I'm glad that everyone who likes it is having fun with it. You know, I, I just think of him like rolling the ball on a right. penalty kick against Bayern <laughs> Munich and, you know, and then him getting this massive contract and just kind of giving up and, you know, uh, even, even like not taking the money uh, or like not, not giving some of the money back this spring when all the other players were kind of chipping in to help out the uh, Arsenal like stadium staff, whether he should have been asked to do that or not, everyone else did it and he didn't, you know, and it just sort of rubbed, me the wrong way a little bit so um yeah maybe that's not fair but that's that's i'm, I'm just not a huge fan uh what about yeah. with you and fulham well i i immediately thought of adele Tarat, and i cannot believe that he actually <laughs> he played, played for, for, fulham. for fulham um i mean it was it was a brief loan spell but it's just like what i remember it was uh luke moore on the football ramble podcast when that loan move came in ahead of that season luke moore was like fulham are going down they're they're gonna try and play some champagne football, and they're going down doing it. Wow. And sure enough, uh, they were down that season, and Tarap was wow. just kind of um, not. So that was not like great. Two two relegations ago, then that was like yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And he he is kind of a Mesut Ozil player in that, he's, even though he hasn't accomplished anything, where Ozil has accomplished things, but Tarap is like incredible skill that he will never actually apply in his professional life. But I think that the player I hate the most that has played for Fulham is Harry Arter because Harry Arter is just Tory scum. And um, I hate him. <laughs> uh, all right. The final question is, I didn't know that by the way. Uh, yeah. Final question is from Michelle M. He says, uh, this is actually, this is, I mean, it's a classic question, but uh, Michelle hasn't asked a lot of questions, Brandon, she's a Patreon supporter. So I thought I'd throw it on here. And we can Absolutely. Hey, Michelle. End the podcast on a, on a fun note says, have we worked out where the line is between chasing points and a player in form or ultimately a blip and out of form? So <laughs> the form question, Brandon, is form real? You know, do we, okay, let's just start with that. Do we think that form is actually a real thing? Like a player is in form. Yeah, I, I do think it's a real thing. Yeah. And hand it, form. It, it comes back to Gareth Bale uh, yet again, where I, uh, thought I, I, I had identified Bale in form. And what I had identified was the blip that Michelle mm. mentions. And that burns and that feels terrible. Yeah. So this is just your job as a fantasy manager. You're out there prospecting for gold. You've got your yeah. little tin pan in the stream in the middle of the, you know, the old American West. And, mm -hmm. occasion, and, and it's, you just have to accept that you're going to get a lot of pyrite, Josh. 
fool's gold. You were just <laughs> in the Museum of Natural History. Yep. You know all about all about gems and rocks now. Yep. Um, and that's just that's just the way it's going to be. And if yeah. you have the courage, and I think we kind of hit upon this earlier, and that that that, that helps you have a good season to take yeah. these punts to try and figure out am I identifying a player early in their form? And that will help me to get on them earlier. That will help you when you actually hit it. You just have to keep trying. You cannot just, if if, if you end up thinking, well, now I don't know how to identify a foreign player. All you have then are the template players that everybody else has. And what's the fun in that? Here's a good uh, rule of thumb. Is the team good? Is the team that the player who's informed for, are they good or are they not? Right. Or are they mediocre? Spurs are kind of mediocre, let's be honest. I mean, they actually, they actually played pretty well today. But in, they, they've had a mediocre season. They just bombed themselves out of the Europa League. You shouldn't trust any players on kind of a mediocre team. And, and this definitely applies to bad teams, right? Uh, a good how does Gareth bad, Bale – or how does uh, Harry Kane fit into that theory of Spurs? Well, Harry Kane is like kind of his own – like, I mean, he's just a great player. Like, you know, he's like – I mean, this – you know, but he's not – Harry Kane, like, when he's – healthy is in like he's just like permanently informed i would say but i think we're talking about players who like you have to like sort of debate it over right i mean you don't have to debate whether salah is in form or not right like he doesn't have blips like he's just good you know i mean yeah okay he's having like the greatest blip he's ever had but like you know in the, in the previous three seasons three and a half seasons yeah. he was uh gold he was in, like the, but he was entire, in form i think that that's yeah. applicable i think salah is out of form right now yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, it's funny to think about form being something that would last for like several seasons at a time. But I mean, I guess, I guess if you're good enough, that's possible. I mean, I, I don't know. So like, I mean, at that point, like maybe form just breaks down and becomes so meaningless that it's like uh, it's like quarks. You know, you start you, you get the, you get you break get down that far in the laws of physics, Brandon, and wow, doesn't yeah, doesn't make yeah. any sense any longer. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, but I just think like like Gundogan, um, yeah, Lingard. This is the kind of players I was thinking about, like where they are you know, is it like, are they just like good now or like, you know, good fantasy assets now and they were never were before. And it's like, well, part of it is just that their team is good, right? Like they're, so they're playing with more confidence. They're getting more chances. Like if you're going to, if you're in a team where like the team is just playing very well, it's going to help you sustain that form. Right. And if your team is playing not very well or sort of intermittently well, then mm-hmm. it's going to be harder to sustain that form because form is not completely reliant on how you're performing as a player. It's how, whether the players you set up for chances to score, whether, the, whether, the, you know, whether you're going to get set up with chances to score, uh, whether you're going to be able to keep a clean sheet, right. If we're talking about defenders, like, um, so it's all like, you have to like sort of think about the entire team. I think when you think about the form question. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it and that you need the team to hold you up, to help you sustain that. And then for it to use Sala to further that Sala example, the Liverpool squad has kind right. of been crumbling around, mow the entire season which has not helped at all and you would think well maybe mo is out of form and i think he he certainly is but it's exacerbated by the fact that the team is out of form and the team is unhealthy yeah so yeah i i think that's a good way of looking at it yeah and then it's like maybe that's like we talked about you know fantasy like uh giving you like another angle into the game well maybe this is one way to do it right it's like because when you think about the team as a whole you are thinking about the club you know, and not just like an individual player's fantasy stats. So You're maybe kissing we found the badge. a way. Yeah, maybe we found a way to to bring it all together here. Um, all right, Brennan, that's the pod. It's a short one this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a, with the proper game week thirty preview. Uh, we'll be doing our locker room chat. I'm actually be leading it myself uh, this week. We'll, on a date and hour uh, TBD. It'll be probably Thursday or Friday this week. Um, and uh, we'll be back with uh, Patreon pods. And we'll do like a movie club Patreon pod this week, Brandon. I, we don't have to talk about Justice League the entire time, but we can talk about some, some films. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, no, think, it's good. Yeah. It, let's, let's take our mind off of the football. Yeah. I, I wasn't think planning to watch it. I just was a little... Uh, <laughs> it just happened yeah, for four yeah, hours. Yeah, Michigan State got bombed out of the, uh, the NCAA tournament. It, it took a little of the fun of the tournament out for me. Um, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, we'll, so we'll do a pod this week, uh, and then we'll be doing a regular game week 30 preview pod next week. So thanks for listening. I hope everyone is, uh, going to go out and do some fun things, not watch too many international break matches, uh, over the, over the next week or so, which will be meaningless. Yeah. Which will be meaningless. Although I am sort of curious about the U S men's team. Cause, uh, I, I saw that Dest is getting, 
uh, got called up and he scored a brace today for Barcelona. So it might be interesting to see how he finally, I don't think, has he played a match yet for the US, US men? Like maybe one or two, right? He, they definitely capped him to, to yeah. uh, basically hold him to Lock the agreement. He's, he's yeah. locked in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, some of that stuff might be kind of interesting, but I certainly won't be like, it's not appointment TV. Yeah. Uh, but right, right. all right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, just a quick shout out to our producer patrons. Brandon, you want to thank our producers? Absolutely. Big thanks to Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg Skoging, Paul Hertzig, Kaya Christine Lang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Stiles, the Future Media Group, FPL, and God, the future looks bright, Josh, let me tell you. <laughs> also, producers Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majora, and Rom Frost. Rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating wherever you get fine podcasts. Follow us wherever you get fine social media. And hit us up on our website for all this information and more. And that website is alwayscheating.com. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Poker forever. Bye.